Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top for oh, you. Yeah. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He sold separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 306 of the Fully Puzzable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. My name is Jeff and sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother, not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. Scott, are you full from Thanksgiving? (laughs) Putting it mildly. Uh, We talked about it last week, like wear something elastic. Yes. I followed my own advice. Very happy to admit this. Followed my own advice and uh, sat comfortably while I completely gorged myself. Nice, man. And did you have on uh, your infamous gray sweatpants that the women love? Well, you know, no, I'm not one to brag, oh. but uh, my belly sure does look great hanging uh, over some gray sweatpants. <laughs> That's what the women like, dude. <laughs> I don't want to toot my own horn, but ladies... You really should see it. <laughs> By the way, thank you for the uh, cocoa apple pie last You're very Friday. welcome. Thank you for that, man. Yeah, no problem. You didn't choke on it, did you? No, I did not uh, choke on the cocoa apple pie. Good. I've uh, gotten my fill of cocoa just recently between Friday night and Thanksgiving. So uh, I'm good on cocoa apple pie for a couple of, couple of weeks until Christmas. Excellent. And then you have uh, more cocoa apple pie at Christmas. Yes, exactly. So after I recover from this... Time to go back for more. Do you uh, do you put whipped cream on the top of it? Nope. Before you eat it? Okay. Nope. Don't even mess with my apple pie. Just give it to me straight. Straight up. Yep. It's so, so good once it hits your lips. <laughs> it's so tasty. Uh, how's everything else going, man? Everything is good. So I, uh, I changed teams today a little bit on energy drink. Usually on podcast day because I'm trying to limit my energy drinks to one time a week and that's podcast day. I changed teams today, Jeff. Uh, let me guess. Did you go monster rehab? No, I don't drink monsters anymore. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the flavor of them, but granted I haven't, they've got a ton of flavors now. I haven't really tried monster recently. I used to drink the black can with the green logo on it. Mm -hmm. And I really just got tired of that flavor and I haven't really gone back to monsters, but no, it is not monster. It actually came off of a recommendation of you about a month and a half ago. You gave Shannon and I a can of that A-Shock. Oh, the freeze, the orange freeze. So we went grocery shopping last night and they had it next to the bang. So we grabbed a bunch of bangs because, you know, we're getting ready to go to Disneyland. We want to have some in the room. Uh And they had the A-Shock right next to it. And I was like, oh, look, they've got that orange dream or orange freeze, whatever it's called. So we got a couple of cans of that, took mine with me today. Outstanding. Really, really good. No crash from it. Feeling strong from it. It's very good. And the flavor is outstanding. So you do like it, huh? I really do. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to completely trade out of bangs, but you know, when you want to change it up a little bit, it's going to be Red Bull, A-Shock, and then bang. Yeah. That A-Shock Orange Freeze is some delicious stuff. That's one of the best energy drinks I've ever had in my life. 
Yeah, it's really good. And we got the uh, fruit punch as well. So we got a couple of different flavors and then a bunch of different bangs. But uh, enjoying the A-Shock. So if you guys are looking for something a little different, give it a try. If anybody would like to get any of our shirts, head on over to Pro Wrestling Tees or What a Maneuver. Dot net. We have the fully effing posable shirts over there. You can get that in a heavyweight sweatshirt, lightweight sweatshirt, uh, onesie, uh, tank tops, regular shirts, suns out, buns out, you know, whatever you got to do. Head on over to whatamaneuver.net or Pro Wrestling Tees. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, and the book faces at fully posable, Instagram fully posable, WF. P. You could go back and listen to any of our past podcasts on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Actually, I looked this up on Spotify, dude, after Luis Rivera gave us that 80s playlist. Yes. I looked this up on Spotify. We're still there. Oh, good. So you haven't been giving out false information for the last, oh, 100 episodes. Yep. That made me feel better. Oh, good. Like my morning deuce, it made me feel better. <laughs> Let's put a little pep in your step. <laughs> Please rate and review on iTunes. You can send us any audio questions, questions, or anything else at all. Send on over to fullyposablewfp at gmail.com. I have a funny story for you, dude. I'm trying not to tell you the story because I wanted to save it for the show and I wanted your natural reaction. Oh, good. I love these, actually. So Celeste was talking to mom last night and mom says, oh, our friends, Bill and Franny sent dad a birthday gift, but we don't understand it. And Celeste goes, okay, did you received it? And she goes, yes, we received it. And Celeste goes, okay, what did Bill and Franny get you? Mom goes, they got us some hands. And Celeste says, some hands. <laughs> okay. And she goes, yeah, they're Japanese wrestler hands. I don't understand why they got them for dad for his birthday. And Celeste goes, Gail, um, those aren't for Keith. Those aren't the gifts that Bill and Franny sent over to you. She goes, yeah, it was from Amazon. She goes, did you look at the box? Mom goes, no. She goes, it said Napa on it, and there's an Amazon Napa warehouse. And Celeste says, are there four sets of hands she said yes she goes did you buy something from super seven she goes no she she goes you didn't buy scott a kazuchika okada figure and she mom goes oh i did buy him that didn't i celeste says yes you did that's why you got the hands those aren't from bill and franny that gift is still (laughs) still on its way to dad oh my gosh dude that's hilarious and that (laughs) explains the text message that i got from mom today which was did I order you a set of hands? <laughs> and I was like, no, mom, that's from a figure that you had pre-ordered for me a long time ago and finally got in. That's hilarious, dude, that she thought that was from her friend's four dad. Yeah. So I had to tell you that story. I was dying laughing last night and I was like, oh my God. So props to Celeste for knowing exactly what it was. Well, Celeste was the one that retrieved the box off the doorstep when the orig- when my hands came in. Oh, gotcha. The, the hands for Okada, Ishii, Osprey, and Tanahashi came in. So yeah. Celeste knew exactly what it was when mom started talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. She should have played dumb. It would have been impressive if dad was like, well, where's my Okada figure? I got the hands. <laughs> you know, I was really looking forward towards the Ishii figure. <laughs> <laughs> no, dad is not a wrestling figure mark like we are, unfortunately. Have you done any toy spotting? 
No, but you know what's funny is <laughs> we're looking for things to season our turkey with. And every time we go grocery shopping, we get Bell seasoning, right? You slather the outside of the turkey with butter. You hit it with the Bell seasoning. This stuff is like 150 years old. It's been around forever. All the old folks know you season your turkey, you use Bell's. We use Bell's on it. Well, for some reason, it's dried up in the area. You can't find it anywhere. So I went on a hunt like I was looking for like, I don't know, some sort of chase figure or something. <laughs> I'm trying to find this Bell season. Dude, I hit four different supermarkets looking for this and finally found it and felt like I had found like, or I had found like a one of 3,000 Brett Baker or something. Like it was crazy. Like trying to hunt this stuff down. I'm like, yay, we can season the turkey. And so that was the extent of my hunting. I did have a credit card issue with Hasbro Pulse. I'm not exactly sure what the issue was. There's plenty of money in the account. And they're like, we have So I had to switch cards with Hasbro. It was from my Snake Eyes and Timber set. Oh. Yeah, I have no idea what the issue was. Never had a problem before. All of a sudden they're like, we have an issue. So got that resolved. Hopefully they ship my Snake Eyes and Timber. I hate seeing that everybody's getting theirs like months and months before I do. But anyway, that'll be on the way soon. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, that's pretty much it, dude. Okay. That's weird that there was a credit card issue. I wonder if it's had anything to do when you went to go get the figures a couple of weeks back. Anything like that? Maybe a new uh, card. I really don't know what the issue was. I did get a new card like back in September. Uh-huh. But I thought I had gone through Hasbro Pulse and updated everything with the new card information because the expiration date essentially just changed on it. So I don't know if that was the issue and I just missed one of my orders. But anyway, it's all resolved and Snake Eyes will be on the way soon. Cannot wait to get that set. By the way, have you seen the new packaging from Mattel for next year? Well, it's actually already started hitting, but... Uh, the Elite packaging, the black? It's kind of a black and blue type Yeah, thing. the black and blue packaging. Yeah, I've seen it. It's cool. I've I've got to say I like it, man. It's more yeah. narrow. It's more narrow, and it's still got a good size window for them to sign. It's not bulbous, huge. Okay. But it's not it's not small enough to where they can't sign. So I'm okay with it. I actually dig the new packaging. So how is the height compared to the past Elite series? It's about the same height, honestly. Because okay. I'm lo- I'm looking at the slaughter right now. And compared to the Elite Legends Roddy Piper, it's about the same height, but as far as width, it's not as wide. So you could probably fit more figures on a wall if you keep it on mint on card. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Because what throws me is the height. I don't care about how narrow it is. That doesn't bother me. It's when the height changes. So some of the older Elites, the packaging was large. And then the other Elites started coming out and the packaging height-wise was smaller. Right. So it really threw off when you were trying to arrange your wall, you know, being MOC, of course. You're trying to arrange it on the wall. It really throws off the whole balance of the thing. So narrow, I'm totally fine with, as long as the height doesn't change too much. Yeah, the height is fine, dude. Okay, perfect. But I got to say, I do like it. I like the style of it. It's, I dig it, man. It's cool. Okay, nice. Perfect. That's good to know that they didn't change the height too much so I can continue with my flow in the hallway. Your even flow? Evan My flow. even flow, yes. Evan, Evan flow? Wasn't that Raven's theme in WCW? Uh, even, I think it was a takeoff. No, wait. What was Raven's in? Was it a takeoff of even flow? His DDT was called the even flow, but I don't remember his music in WCW. It was always a ripoff of something else like it kind of sounded like. Yeah. Like DDP with Nirvana's music, right? Yeah. 
I think Ravens might have been something like that, but his DDT was called the Even Flow. Gotcha. Scott, what you got for the Aquanet Minute? The Aquanet Minute this week, and I'll be honest, I'm trying not to dip into my heavy hitters. So I'm for a few weeks here, I'm going to go bands you've heard of, but maybe you passed on their CD because there was so much in the glam world popping out at this time. But 89, we got Slaughter's debut album, Stick It To Ya. And I knew Mark Slaughter from previously being in Vinnie Vincent Invasion. And I knew Vinnie Vincent from previously being in Kiss on the Lick It Up album. And later on, he wrote some of the stuff on Revenge. Um, Great songwriter, but a headache to deal with, apparently. And Kiss, I guess, no longer deals with the guy. But anyway, I knew Mark Slaughter from Vinnie Vincent Invasion. He had a hell of a voice. Loved his voice. And then he broke away from uh, Invasion, started his own band called Slaughter. And their debut album, Stick It To You, outstanding it's got that kind of poppy glam feel to it. Slaughter's voice is outstanding. It's really got kind of a glam feel to it as well. Solid album. Check it out. Slaughter, stick it to you. I'll be hitting you with a couple of kind of obscure bands the next few weeks. Stuff you might have passed on. And then I think I'm going to have to dip into my bag of heavy hitters. All right. All right. Well, there's plenty of bands to choose from from that time. Oh, for sure. And look, if you really want to start sampling some of these, Go check out Luis Rivera's, which by the way, Jeff, he informed me that he changed his Twitter handle to Stone Cold Porcupine. (laughs) Stone Cold Porcupine. That's awesome. Yes. He's no longer Senator. And he did it on your recommendation, by the way. Did I recommend that? I I believe you had said Stone Cold Porcupine and he took it. (laughs) So go check out his playlist on uh, Spotify, Aquanet. And I didn't even mention this last week. The picture of it because you know you can put like an image with it right is that dude from the uh the aliens show right with the hair the crazy hair yes that's the picture Aquanet, <laughs> and it's that dude's picture it's perfect do you remember when nirvana's smells like teen spirit came out and broke glam yes i do does that make you upset well it was coming to an end anyway i think it was time for a change right because glam had been so big glam ran from like well, it depends on which band you want to say started it, but I really kind of look at Glam as starting around 84, 85. Right. Like that's when you started to see the hair getting taller and taller and taller. Uh, maybe started with David Lee Roth. I don't know. And uh, it really started to wane a little bit. Like everything was sounding the same. The albums were all cookie cutters. You know, you had your heavy guitar songs and then you had to have your mandatory ballad every album. It got a little cookie cutter and it was coming to an end, but... Nirvana was really like, no pun intended, like the shotgun blast that ended glam, right? Like that did it in. So I totally remember when that song came out and I'm like, all right, I'm starting to feel like I'm in Back to the Future, the guy holding the phone. You want to hear something (laughs) different? Listen to this. And and that was it. And like, Marty's like, your kids are going to love this. And I'm like, great. My kids are going to love this. And that was the end of glam. Nirvana came out and then boom, you started getting bands like um, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Bush. And that was the nail in the coffin. It was funny too, because I was just thinking about it. I was listening back to the episode from last week and I was just thinking of the Aquanet Minute. And I remember when Nirvana's Smell Like Teen Spirit came on, I actually was sitting down playing with figures. And this is the only thing I'm drawing a blank on. I can't remember if I was playing with Hasbro's or LJN's. Were you talking 92? So chances are good that it was Hasbro's. 92 or 91? 
I thought 92. It could have been 91. Either way, dude, you were probably knee-deep in Hasbro's. Okay. So I'm playing figures. It's dark upstairs in the spare bedroom that we had at mom and dad's house. And I remember that the song came on MTV. And it was around 5.30, 6 o'clock. And I, I, it's getting dark, and I just remember all this in my head. And then I heard the opening riff, and I was like, what is this? Like, oh my god, this is like re- being introduced to wrestling. Like, this is a whole new genre that's about to hit me in the face. Yeah, and they looked different. They sounded different. Everything about it was just different. Right. And maybe that was needed on the scene. And it, it changed the landscape, and then glam was dead. Like, that was it, dude. Bands couldn't even release albums anymore that were from that glam era. Like, Skid Row went by the wayside. Everybody went. Motley Crue went to shambles, and it was a mess. It was just a mess after that. Like, it was not good for the glam bands. Yes, there's a resurgence now because of the whole nostalgia thing. You've got those 80s glam bands doing tours now. But, yeah, the 90s were not kind to them at all. Oh, no, not one bit, man. I don't know. Yeah. I was just I was just thinking about that the other day when – you were talking about, um, I forget which band you had last week on the Aquanet Minute, but I was just thinking about that. I was just thinking about when Nirvana came on the scene and where I was. And I remember I had figures in front of me and it, I don't know, there was just something about it. I started thinking back to that. Like I remember a lot of musical stuff. I remember staying up for Headbangers Ball on Saturday nights or, you know, listening to Nelson up in the Delta. <laughs> you know, I remember all this stuff, dude. Well, and the common thread is you were usually playing figures, listening to music. Like, I can't tell you how many times it was Motley Crue, Cinderella, Kiss, Faster Pussycat, L.A. Guns, all while I've got a ring full of LJNs having a battle royal. You know, and you've kind of got that going in the background. You've got your figures in front of you. You've got a bag of chips, a big old thing of soda. Like, life was good, dude. Like, there was nothing else going on in the world except for your music and your wrestling figures and your snacks. And uh, man, what an awesome time. Sometimes you even had a TV going that just had like MTV Headbangers Ball on and you had your figures in front of you. That was the background music to play in figures. And man, what a good time. And it's funny, you mentioned earlier uh, Mitch Little and Sam Finley finding those British Bulldogs this past weekend. Right. And then you start to think about it. Those came out in 86, 87. Those figures are almost 40 years old now. Yep. To find carded versions of those figures and to still have those cards be in decent shape, man, that's incredible. Because when we were playing with those figures in 87, 40 years previous to that would have been like the mid-40s. Yep. Isn't that crazy to think about that those figures are that old now? And we were sitting down playing with those. Like we talk about the music we were listening, playing with figures. That was almost 40 years ago. I still remember when I would sit down and I would call my own matches and little Jeff would be like, Oh, it's a hip toss. (laughs) (laughs) The best part was, is I know you recorded those. I know you did. I know. No, no, no. I know you recorded those. I know you recorded calling your own matches. Right. I know you, I know you know. Oh, 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 okay. Okay. You would, you would record the music. Yes. You would pl- then you would play the music. That was the worst too because you had to find it on the tape. So like, if Hogan's coming out, I had to find Real American. Yes. Or I'd pop in the uh, first C- uh, first <laughs> CD first tape with Jesse on the front, the yep. wrestling album. I'd have to find Hogan's theme, 
Because it was fast forward and rewind. There was no pick this track. It wasn't CDs. Right, right. And then I would find it. So that's another thing that took us forever playing figures is it was about three and a half hours and like an hour of it trying to find music for someone. Right. And then changing tapes. So you didn't record over the last set of matches that you called. Right, 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 right. Because apparently you were going to try out for an announcer's gig or something. That's why you were recording yourself. But it ended up just being like a bunch of like falsetto screaming into the tape recorder. (laughs) (laughs) You sounded like Paul Stanley on uh, Lick It Up. (laughs) Not with that eight-year-old voice. Backdrop. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Oh, Oh, I love it. Here comes King Kong Bundy. Yeah. (laughs) But it was always like just high pitch and like screaming at the top of your lungs. Oh, so great, dude. I remember listening back to some of those tapes and I'm like, oh man, this is just gold. Why did eight-year-old Jeff sound like Mr. Hanky? (laughs) Good Lord. Scott, we have a little bit of news. What do you say we jump into it? Let's go talk about it. Oh, you gonna learn today. line <laughs> oh here comes the big slam <laughs> don't forget to bring a towel <laughs> i sound like tally not mr hanky yeah you do <laughs> howdy ho <laughs> it's also mr hanky that's true that's true scott let's talk about some ftc in stock now over at ftc's website they just got in eli drake all ego ethan page and Das Wonder Kid, Alex Wright. Those are all available at FTC right now. I'm heading over there to pick up the Alex Wright figure because when I saw it, I fell in love with it, and now I want it. Yeah, and it's definitely an upgrade on what old San Francisco Toymakers gave us because that's his only other wrestling figure, believe it or not. And uh, great job by FTC on really all three of these. I like that Eli Drake, or as you may know him now, L.A. Knight. I uh, really like that figure. The, e- the Ethan Page figure is good as well. But that Alex Wright, dude, that thing's a home run. Yeah, a lot of people were excited for that figure, and I know it's selling well over at FTC. So if you want your own Alex Wright figure and you don't have old San Francisco toy makers, you can head on over to FTC right now to pick it up. Because unlike the OSFTM Alex Wright, Jeff, this FTC Alex Wright is... I think you know what he's going to say. I think I know what he's going to say. I think I know what he's going to say. Available now. Oh, and it's fully posable. Ah, oh, that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> now let's move over to WWE Mattel. Steve Ozer and Bill did a video this past week. Let's go over the highlights. And let's start off with a basic 126 Macho Man in blue i have never seen macho man in this blue it's a lighter blue with the stars and he's got yellow boots on i don't know where they got these test shots from where they got the reference photos from i have done many many of google searches since this figures dropped and the closest i can find is something close to macho in memphis where he was wearing a greenish darkish blue set of trunks i'm curious where they got these reference photos from yeah to me it looks kind of like a house show uh outfit that he would have worn but i mean it's a cool looking macho man i like those kind of offshoot looks that you didn't see very often or in your case at all right 
And it makes you go back and look, okay, where did he wear this? Because this was not his run of the mill that you would see a majority of Macho Man matches in. Like, you've got to dig kind of deep to find where he would have worn this. And I I like it, dude. I like the look on that one because it, it definitely screams house show to me. I'm going to buy it because I tend to buy all the Macho Man figures. But again, I have never seen Macho in this blue. And it's driving me nuts because I like seeing the random offshoot colors that somebody would wear in their gear. Yes. Like Hogan would wear the all white or Macho would wear different trunks for house shows and not and outside of his traditional purple. And um, at WrestleMania four, he wore red. I, I love seeing that. I love seeing the different colors and the different gear, but this one I can't seem to find. So I'm curious where this photo came from or their uh, reference shots. That's funny. You mentioned Hogan in white too, because I'm really hoping they do another American made. Now on to rumors. Elite 91 Rob Van Dam variant, where he has the gear with the Rising Sun singlet, has been canceled. Now, from what we know, we don't know much of the backstory to this, but from what the rumor is, is there is some uh, some stuff regarding the gear. Like, it's not good. Like, it's in a different culture. It's a, is frowned upon over there. So... The rumor is right now is that this RVD variant is canceled and there will be no replacement for the figure. I guess there will just be no variant for Elite 91. Again, this is all rumors. We're all still trying to gather information. And by the time the show drops, we may have our information. But as of right now, this is the rumor that's going on regarding this. You think any were made? Oh, absolutely. Hmm. Elite 91 is definitely in the hopper to be made or is already made. Yeah, and it's too late in the game to add a variant, you know, just change up his gear. So right. I wonder if this is going to be like that elite number one Jeff Hardy, where a certain number leak. Right, that could, that definitely could happen. Man, if you can score one of these, holy crap, you're sending your kids to college. Right, so again, we don't know the backstory of the meaning behind it. Um, just this is the rumor regarding the RVD figure. Maybe they'll do a dark side of the ring about it. <laughs> One can only hope, right? Yes. Just about this figure? Dark side of the fig life. Also, more information for you. WWE Retros with Mr. T, Roddy Piper, Cowboy Bob Orton, and Mean Gene will go up for pre-order on January 28th on Mattel Creation. All right, let's go to Ultimate Editions. Alexa Bliss, they showed off the rendering, and actually Bill had it in his hand in the video. Extra Head will be her as the Fiend character. Uh, what was her name in that? She wasn't Sister Abigail. Uh, no, no, that wasn't Sister Abigail. Um, it's just Alexa Bliss. Yes, and she will have swappable soft good outfits to play along with the Fiend character. Also, they showed the crowdfunding or crowdsourcing rendering of Macho Man that's going to be coming with the ring, Kevin Nash, and Doink, because we unlocked all of those. So they showed off Macho Man. It looks cool. It's just the rendering. It's black and white Macho Man. Can't wait for it. And that Alexa Bliss, according to what Bill showed, is outstanding. Great job on that, Alexa. I think that was going to do really well. Uh, the Macho Man cannot wait for it. Like you said, Jeff, we, the wrestling figure community, unlocked it. Great job, guys. Correct. We did that. Well, not we like you and I. We, as the wrestling figure community, came together and said, yes, give us more. Yes, we did that. <laughs> yes, we did. So that is it for the news. I honestly didn't think we were going to have news on this Thanksgiving week, dude. Blessed. 
Yes. Scott, we need to get into WWE Elite Series 37. What do you say? Let's do it. Scott, before we jump into WWE Elite Series 37, of course we want to mention our good friends over at WrestlingFigureDatabase.com. Over there they have a slew of wrestling lines that you can go back and look at or the new ones that are going to be coming up. They also cover a lot of stuff that is also shown. It's your one-stop shop for wrestling figures over at WrestlingFigureDatabase.com. Scott, what you got for WWE Elite Series 37? Yes, sir. Mattel, WWE Elite Series 37. First up, Brock Lesnar. He was packaged with the WWE Championship, his beanie hat, and an Eat, Sleep, Conquer John Cena shirt, Polly Pocket style. That would have been after he utterly destroyed John Cena at SummerSlam, basically squashed him. Next up, Dean Malenko. He was in black trunks with pink accent. Came with a vest and the cruiserweight title, but the package said U.S. Championship. Oops. Next up, the previously mentioned John Cena. He was in his camo shorts, was packaged with a red soft goods shirt, dog tags, a red hat, and a red wristband. So this was Cena's uh, camo and red look that we all loved so much. Actually, to be perfectly honest, I had completely forgotten about it. He's had so many. He was the Fruity Pebbles of wrestlers, Jeff, according to The Rock. That is true. Next up, Seth Rollins. And this would have been his singles run, Seth Rollins, post-heel turn. He had his Money in the Bank briefcase, some breakable cylinder blocks, and a black entrance vest. But you could tell it was different because of his tights. They were his singles run tights. Next up, Stephanie McMahon. She came with two signs that said, well, the first one said, it's Steph for business. That's just dumb. Uh, right? That's just dumb. I understand it's best for... I understand the, the pun, but that's just dumb. People call us corny. That is corny. That's corny, right? Yeah. I mean, not as corny as a golden egg, but that's pretty corny. Oh, God. Why did you have to bring that up in the show? Hey, you know, mm-hmm. current events, dude. Fully Posable does not stoop so low to a $100 million golden egg that The Rock gave Vince McMahon. We do not stoop that low. Until we have to talk about the Vince McMahon elite figure that comes out with a golden egg. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. Before you continue, do you want to make a bet on the show that that figure is not made? They don't make Vince figures, really. Right. I'm going to take the under that that figure is not made. Hmm. Yeah, you're probably right, dude. Given the rarity of McMahon figures in the line, I'm going to say that you're right. Okay. I was going to say that we'll we'll make a Taco <clears throat> Bell bet. Where... But I will say that Austin Theory will probably get released with the egg. Did he steal the egg? Yes, it was revealed that he stole the egg. Not Hornswoggle? Not, <laughs> Not Rikishi? <laughs> that little bastard! <laughs> no, it was uh, Austin Theory. Oh. Um, that's... I'm trying to piece that one together, but I can't right now. My brain hurts, so just continue on. Continuing. The other <laughs> Stephanie McMahon sign said, Steph, 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 which was obviously a play on Daniel Bryan's Yes, yes, yes. And that's all I have to say about that figure. Some corny signs, and she was in her wrestling gear. Next up, The Miz. He had his entrance robe on in the package, that black jacket-looking deal. 
Underneath, he had white trunks and boots on. He came with sunglasses as well. And his buddy, Damien Sandow, spoiler alert, in matching gear, would come out in Elite 39 so you could have Miz and Miz Dow come to the ring together in their matching gear. And that rounds out Elite 37. I remember everyone was so upset about the Dean Malenko little tag in the bottom right-hand corner saying U.S. championship when it was the cruiserweight title. Uh, You know what, though? I think that was a Chinese New Year issue <laughs> for Mattel. Scott, that that does not count for Mattel. Oh, I see. No, I remember a lot of people were upset about that. And I'm like, really? We're all getting upset over it saying <laughs> United States Championship instead of Cruiserweight? I, I just shook my head and laughed. Well, you know, back in 2015, we didn't have so much on our plates, you know. There wasn't <laughs> a lot going on, so we could get upset about a thing. Like, it says U.S. title, and it's a Cruiserweight title. Grab your pitchforks. <laughs> Mouth breathers, let's go complain. Hey. Hey. Actually. I am going to write to Mattel. <laughs> they must know that they messed up on <laughs> Dear Steve Ozer. <laughs> Do you That's understand? exactly what they sounded like. I know. Do you know? Hold on. I've got a keyboard right here. Do you know? (laughs) That's a lot of typing for did you know? (laughs) Yeah, it was. Dude, did you add letters? No, that was Doogie Howser right there, dude. (laughs) Wow. Nice callback, dude. Well done. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Pat yourself on the back for that one, Barry Horowitz. That was excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Anyways. The series was okay. I know you had mentioned before we started that you did not like the series. Yeah, it wasn't great, dude. It really wasn't great. The next few series I'm really down on. Yeah, they fall a little flat, right? This one was okay. I think, honestly, the Dean Malenko saved it because it's cool. You're getting a Dean Malenko figure, and I actually was a huge fan of Dean Malenko, so I was actually okay with this. Yeah, the Dean figure was great, but another Brock, another Cena another Miz, you know, it was a lot of repeats. And then you get Steph in there with some corny signs and eh, it just, it, I don't know. To me, it just fell flat. Not yeah. a big, big fan of this series at all. I'm with you, Jeff. Dean Malenko's the highlight, but aside from that, eh, not crazy about it. But you know, what didn't fall flat is these eBay prices. Let's start off with Brock. Les- don't you look at me like that? Nice segue. No, I was impressed. I was like, wow, where'd you pull that one out of? You were like looking at me like, what the hell did you just say? <laughs> no, you, you sounded like a commercial almost. Hey, hey, 98.12. All right. <laughs> That's not a station. It's not? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't go double digits after the dot ever. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> it does in Jeff's imagination. It's it's Murphy Mac in the morning. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a, a duo group out here in the Bay Area. Yes. Yes, it is. And they sound like that, actually. (laughs) All right, let's start off with Brock Lesnar. Last sold eBay listing November 12th for $99.99. Whoa! I couldn't believe this when I read it, dude. $100 for Brock. But here's the crazy part. One sold five days previously for $79. So that's still high for a Brock Lesnar figure. I don't know what what it... I would love for somebody to explain why Elite 37 Brock Lesnar is so high. Is it the accessory? Because the shirt does say John Cena on it instead of the eat, sleep, conquer, repeat. 
I I have got no idea, dude. Interesting. I man, what's driving that? There's like a hundred Brock Lesnar figures to choose from, right? And you go with that, and it's a hundred dollars. Yeah. Wow. And it's not even the best Brock Lesnar. So that's kind of surprising to me. No, I mean, it's good, but yeah, there's nothing that stands out. Like I said, aside from that accessory, I don't know what's driving that price. Dean Malenko with the Vest U.S. Championship last sold eBay listing November 18th for $59.99. That sounds about right. That U.S. Championship was really good. (laughs) U.S. Championship. (laughs) Quote, unquote. Actually. Quote, unquote. John Cena, Red Soft Goods shirt. Dog tag and hat last sold eBay listing November 15th for $49.99. I'm looking back at all these figures, dude. These were flooding Walmart. Yeah. Yeah, they were. If I would have picked if I would have picked these up, dude, I would be like, you know, like a couple hundred dollar air. (laughs) You could have been a self-made hundred air. That's right. Seth Rollins, money in the bank briefcase, breakable cylinder blocks, last sold eBay listing. October 16th for $32.99. Stephanie McMahon with those horrible signs. Last sold eBay listing November 9th for 14 bucks. Whoa. <laughs> Ouch. Not the lowest, not the lowest. Hey, you take those signs out, that's at least a $50 figure. <laughs> I do like the outfit she was in on that figure, I have to say. Yeah, that was like her wrestling outfit. It was cool. Correct. Ms. Entrance Robe Sunglasses. Okay, so I had to go a little bit different on this. The last sold eBay listing was actually an offer accepted for under $19.99. Okay, but you don't know what that number was. I don't know what that number was. However, overseas, there was an overseas sold listing. One sold November 20th for $13.40. Who inching ever so close. To the record of the $10 mark. Yes, we need to know who was that figure because that's going to that's going to be our line, right? Like there's a line if you hit under 200, that's like the Mendoza line in baseball, right? Right, right. 200 is like the Mendoza line. The lowest price now is going to be named after that elite figure that dipped below 10. Was that Bo Dallas? No, Bo Dallas was actually pretty high last week. Uh Was it Seamus? Some... No, Seamus Sh- was $17. We've had two lower now technically four lower than Seamus. So uh, do some filler. I've got to go back and find my notes. Hold on. Do f- oh, I'm going to sit here while you walk away from the microphone because this is how we do a professional podcast that has aired every single week for the past almost six years. And in episode 306, you decide to just walk away from the microphone and grab papers while I sit here and do filler. Dude, I'm right here. I can still hear you. <laughs> Oh, you heard all that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was actually Wade Barrett. Last sold eBay listing. This was from episode 304. Uh, his sold listing was for $10. And then Rusev from Elite Series 34, along with the Wade Barrett, Rusev from Elite Series 34 sold for $14.99. So we have four figures so far that is under the Seamus Mendoza line. Uh, okay, so wait, who's the lowest then? Wade Barrett. So it's the Barrett line? It's the Barrett line. Okay, so the cheapest elite that is now known as the Barrett line. Until someone crosses that, it shall from now forward be known as the Barrett line. The Barrett line. I like it. Yes. (laughs) The Barrett line. making it so. Seamus has now cleared his name. (laughs) He must be so happy. Somebody call him and tell him. He'll be so happy. 
That's like in sports. Everybody was making fun of the Warriors going down 3-1 against the Cavs in the 2016 NBA championships. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as the Falcons blew a 28-3 lead, nobody remembers the Warriors. They, all they do is talk about the Falcons still to this day. No, I still hear about the Warriors, dude. From who? It still pops up every now and then. Hey, remember T- when Warriors blew a 3-1 lead? Tell them to suck it. <laughs> I'm not a Warriors fan. Uh, I don't take offense. I I am. <laughs> By the way, I had this conversation the other day. Steph Curry is like Barry Bonds. He just gets better with age. Hmm. McGuire also got better with age. Yes. Bonds for Hall of Fame. Randy Orton also. Uh, that's a good call. You know, can I just say, if somebody were to put Randy Orton on their Mount Rushmore of wrestlers, I don't think I could argue with it. That guy, you compare him to when he first came in to right now, and he has had the proper progression that you would think somebody that's been in the business for like, what, almost 20 years now? I think that's Jordan Cassatt's favorite wrestler of all time is Randy Orton. Randy Orton, and I can't even argue with that. It's a great pick. Like, he just exudes that confidence. When he comes to the ring, he's just like, I know what I'm doing. No problem. I got this. Don't worry about it. It's going to be great. Like, he just has that confidence when he's walking through. You can see it in his eyes, the way he carries himself. Like, that dude's just got it. And he's gotten better. Like, every single year he's been in the game. And he's amazing. Like, anybody that has him as their favorite wrestler, I can't argue with it. If you were to put him on a Mount uh, Mount Rushmore, I couldn't argue with it. Randy Orton's incredible. I I, I wasn't a fan of his when he was doing those 15-minute side headlocks. Or when he was pooping in bags, allegedly, allegedly, make yeah, sure you that drop. That wasn't cool. Make sure you put allegedly in front of that. I might have had that in the uh, Ryback roast. I think you did. I might have had a joke about that. I think you did, Scott. We've got to get into the listener segment because we need to get you to Ghostbusters here shortly. Yes, off to see Ghostbusters. Minus the bucket. Ugh, sad. <laughs> but Crushed. Doesn't... But doesn't that make you feel better that you don't have to have that conversation with your wife about (laughs) buying a $34 popcorn bucket? Because I guarantee she would see it and be like, look at that ridiculous popcorn bucket that they're selling for $35. As I'm already looking at her with puppy dog eyes like, babe, I need the $35 popcorn bucket that looks like an Ecto-1 and lights up. (laughs) I don't want to have that conversation in line, so it's... It's avoiding having that conversation that our theater doesn't have it. <laughs> Watch you go tonight and somebody has it up front. Anyways, oh, man. Anybody want this popcorn bucket? I got it for sale. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be, hey, babe, go inside and pick seats. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to this guy real quick. <laughs> Scott, we got to get into the listener segment. Let's do it. Let's go talk to him. And I just want to hear from my people. Tell me, can I hear from my people? I just want to hear from my people. And I just want to listen. Scott, before we jump into the listener segment, I do want to say that in the month of December, for four weeks, we are going to be doing four separate giveaways. Oh, this is news to me. Yes, I forgot to tell you this, by the way. Yeah, I love the way we communicate. We'll have a couple listeners on to uh, announce their giveaways, and we will also be doing our own giveaways. So it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's Christmas time, so... Send out something that's going to make a kid happy. They're collector happy. So there will be four giveaways coming up in the month of December. Ooh, it's a fig life Christmas. Our first audio comes from Justin Summers. Hello, Scott and Jeff. This is once again Justin Summers from Wrestling Cheers with my bi-weekly question. 
Last Friday on November 5th, I celebrated my 10-year anniversary of my very first independent wrestling show. That first show was from a company that's no longer around called Pro Wrestling Ohio. Notable names on that show, Gregory Iron, Brody Lee, Johnny Gargano, and current WWE commentator, Vic Joseph. In my past 10 years of being an independent wrestling fan, I have met so many wrestlers. So the question I have for you guys, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the same premise, mine will be, what are the top three experiences with wrestlers that you have met? To mention a name that I didn't mention earlier that was at that show, but none other than M-Dog 20, Matt Cross, AKA the son of Havoc in Lucha Underground. He was the very first wrestler that I met at that show. And it was right around this time I was getting into the art of wrestling and I had come across his episode. And something that was preached early on in the art of wrestling was to get out to independent shows and buy something from these wrestlers. So when I had the opportunity, I did just that. Went to his gimmick table and bought some things. I bought a t-shirt and I bought a DVD. So I always look at that first experience as a high one. And that DVD is something I pop in from time to time. I have since had both M-Dog and J-Pro sign it. I have since bought an official release version, had that signed. All right, on to my list. My top three, first and foremost, Kevin Steen. Hands down, one of the nicest wrestlers I've ever met. And trust me, there's a lot on that list. But I was able to pick up a conversation really easy with him. And I know you guys have had some great experiences with him, too. When I first walked up to his merch table, I was, you know, fairly familiar with him, but I had never seen him wrestle and never really was able to experience any of that. But really quick, we got into a conversation and he easily became one of my favorite wrestlers at that time. Second is Jeff Jarrett. And ironically enough, I will be seeing Jeff Jarrett again at an AIW show. And this time I'm planning on getting a figure sign because I wasn't getting figure signed back then. But when I last met him, I told him how I really felt about him. About him and Owen were two of the best heels when I was younger, and I absolutely hated them. Jeff Jarrett kind of like flipped a little switch in him, and he went from a nice guy. And not that he started becoming mean, but I can tell for a moment he was like talking to my younger self. And he told me to piss off, kid. I thought that was really cool. And last but not least, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a personal bias and the fact that I seen them at a wrestling show because the list for me is I have to have met them at a wrestling show. Obviously, you guys don't have to do that. But uh, it wasn't my first time meeting him either, but the Insane Clown Posse. Being able to say I seen ICP at an independent wrestling show and not their own was very fun. And I, like, I already met him twice before at shows, at concerts. But there was a moment... Within that show, there were the local AIW fans at the show, but then there were local juggalos, and I had two of my fandoms together in one night, and I'll never forget that. And that's my three, and I went through a list, I mean, just of all, like I should say, I went through a bunch of pictures of wrestlers that I've met, I'm just, what ones that I see that kind of like tripped uh, a story that I thought was fun? All right, that will do it for me this week. Thank you for all the kind words about my marriage. And you know what? I missed it a handful of weeks ago, but 
congrats on 300 episodes. I've only been here for a little over a year, but you guys know how I feel. 300 is an absolute milestone and is very unheard of among many podcasters. Hopefully, you have 300 more to go and then some. But hopefully, we'll get Jeff spader neutered by then. Later. Scott, that was a really good segue of getting me to spader neutered. Well done, Justin. I actually applaud (laughs) you on that one. I like how he just slides it in every week when you're not expecting it. It's like a spay and neuter out of nowhere. (laughs) That's a a PWG kind of move. Yes. And speaking of PWG, well, first off, Justin, again, congrats on the marriage. Um, But you know what? I can limit my experiences to wrestling events. Okay. I can totally do that because I would say the first one would be when we went to see Wrestle Reunion 12. That was PWG doing a show at Wrestle Reunion 12 in LA. They did the ballroom and Jeff, you sprung for front row for you and I. Yep. It was my birthday gift. Yep. Before the show for VIP members, they had an autograph signing and the young bucks were there. Kevin Steen was there. Some of the guys from, was it NJPW or was it Noah? Noah. Oh, it was from Noah. Okay. They were there as well. Uh, Pac was one of the guys yep. from Noah, and he was there. But I remember walking in because Super Dragon had just recently come back to help Kevin Steen against the Bucks. And they had done an event at PWG called Fear. And the main event of this uh, this show was Kevin... St- I want to say it was Kevin Steen, Super Dragon, and Pac against the Young Bucks and someone. I could be totally off on that, but I thought it was... I'm pretty sure it was a six-man main event. Anyway, as soon as we walked in, the very first table was Kevin Steen and Super Dragon. And this was the weekend that I had met Kevin Steen for the first time. And uh, we've told that story. Larry Zabisco almost took our picture together. And (laughs) I was just on like cloud nine that entire weekend. It was just a great wrestling event. But then to be able to walk in and meet Super Dragon as well... And Jeff, I had actually uh, gotten, you had gotten me a Super Dragon mask mm-hmm. that I had taken to the show. And I bought the Fear DVD and Kevin Steen and Super Dragon signed it. We got a picture with them. It's actually you and I with Kevin Steen and Super Dragon. One of my favorite then, pictures. Yes. And then we went over to the Young Bucks table and they signed the Fear DVD because the main event of that was a guerrilla warfare match of Steen and Super Dragon versus the Young Bucks. Correct. Crazy ass match. But I've got that DVD and all four people have signed it, which was great because it's signed in silver Sharpie. And it's on a black cover and it looks fantastic. Yes. And the cover of it is black. It is beautiful. So that would be a live show autograph that I'm a big fan of. Would you count Access? Because they did have matches there. Would that be considered live? Yeah. Uh, Okay. Anytime you've had an interaction with a wrestler, it's considered. So 2015 access this was for wrestlemania play button or 31 as some might know it as uh nxt had a booth there and they were putting up different nxt people in like batches of three and all of a sudden kevin owens sasha banks and um baron corbin showed up on the stage dude we hauled ass we were like jumping (laughs) barricades like knocking little kids down no i'm just kidding we didn't no we didn't hop barricades (laughs) (laughs) 
knocking little kids down maybe but (laughs) knocking people down with money in the bank briefcases we were making it in that line um they showed up on the stage and we booked it hauled ass got up there it was me and you and celeste in line i started calling eddie because he's a, a huge sasha banks fan was then still is now and i'm like dude you gotta get over here sasha banks is up on the stage but we were focused on meeting kevin owens again and uh the best part was celeste was with us and so we get up to where you're gonna go onto the stage to meet the wrestlers and celeste is in front of us and she goes and i'm sure we've told the story before but celeste walks up to kevin owens and she's like hey kevin it's nice to meet you Uh, i've got a couple guys here with me that want to say hi and then, like, she moved out of the way, and he made eye contact with us. And, like, his eyes got big. He immediately recognized us. Like, that for me was a moment, right? Like, Kevin yeah. Owens is a big deal, but he still remembers his fans. Like, remembered us. Like, remembered our names and asked how things were going, how's the family, all this. It was a great moment with Kevin Owens. Much like Justin said, he's just a hell of a guy. He mm-hmm. really is. And when we talk about his next step in wrestling... I hope it's the best for him because he's been nothing but gracious to his fans. And I can't say enough good things about him. Mark. And <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Get the Mark button out. Hold on. Um, oh, you're getting it out. Mark. Thank you. I was hoping you didn't have that handy, but <laughs> I have a Jack Andy right here, dude. By the grace of God, <laughs> it's sitting right next to you again. Blessed. <laughs> And I'm trying to think of a third one at a wrestling show. I guess maybe when we met the Young Bucks at a um, a Kirk White. Oh, gosh. What was it called? Like a WrestleFest event. It was the one where we met Jake where he said poison. Oh, yes. But the Bucks were there and it actually didn't involve me. It involved you. You were wearing your uh, Ring of Honor hat. Right. And you went up to take a picture with him. And you're like, I don't know how many we get, guys, or whatever. And um, you're like, just one. And I think it was Nick Jackson looked at your hat and goes, oh, an ROH fan, you get two. Yep. And I was like, oh, dude, that's awesome. Just because of your hat and because they loved ROH. And I think they were an impact at the time, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I just thought that that was great. He's like, yeah, you get an extra picture. I thought that that was awesome. Um, I mean, there have been plenty of autograph signings, like when we snuck in with the Hardy Boys way (laughs) back in like, what, 2001? And you weren't even supposed to be in the picture. I wasn't supposed to be in the picture, but we snuck in there because you had made conversation about Omega. I mean, a lot of good autograph stories. We could go on and on, but I think like live event, those would be my top three. Any interaction with Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens is definitely right up there for me as well. I mean, it's just been every time it's been memorable. I still remember one time uh, it was actually at that wrestle reunion that you were just talking about. Do you remember when they had all the wrestlers out in the courtyard? Yes. I remember I went up to Maurice and I had something for her to sign. I just can't remember what. And I went up to her and I was all, I hear you're a big Patrick Waugh fan. And she looks at me and she goes, who? I was all, Patrick Waugh? And she goes, who? And I said, the goaltender from the Montreal Canadiens, Colorado Avalanche. And she goes, oh, you mean Patrice Waugh? And I was all, oh my God, I love you. <laughs> She corrected you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, him, him, him. You're she like, goes, could you say that 10 more times, please? <laughs> and uh, the cool thing was that she started talking to me about Patrick Waugh and how big he was up in Montreal. And I was like, I know. I like, you know, I followed this guy's career. Of course, I know how big he is up in Montreal, you know, until the, the whole uh, demise of 
Patrice Waugh leaving Montreal and going to Colorado. But anyways, I started talking to her about Scott's Patrice Waugh. Patrice Waugh. Patrice Waugh. So anyways, <laughs> I started talking to her about that one. That was still one of my favorite stories, dude. Because she, she looked at me and I'm like, oh my God, I need to get out of here right now. This is like a Scott and Sting moment. <laughs> I need to walk away before I make this really, really awkward. Scott and Sting moment hasn't happened, but you know, this is like back to the future. This will make sense in eight, nine, ten years. Exactly. Dude, do you remember from that one too? A couple people before uh, Maurice was Mick Foley. Yeah. And he was telling a story. And honest to God, it was like romper room where she sits down with the book and all the kids gather around. And it was because of me that I got him to tell that story. Was that the bag of popcorn? It, so there was a San Jose house show back in 1997. Sounds about right. And it was Owen Hart versus Mick Foley in a hardcore match. And during the match, they went underneath the ring and they brought out a bag of popcorn. And they hit each other with the bag of popcorn. And Owen sold it like he had just gotten shot. <laughs> Like, honestly, like he had just gotten a steel chair 15 times to the side, to the head, to everywhere, (laughs) but he sold it. Like he was like legitimately knocked out. But the cool thing was, is I went up to Mick Foley and now there's a long line behind me and I go up and I was like, Hey, I was there that night that the bag of popcorn came out at the San Jose house show. And Mick sat back and he started belly laughing, just thinking about the story. That was so great seeing that dude. Mind you, the line is now backed up behind me. Scott's standing to my left, and I bring this up to Mick. Mick begins to tell the story of that. He begins to tell the backstory, what happened earlier in the day, how they planted the bag of popcorn, everything. Now, keep in mind, this was like 15 years previous, and he's starting to tell a story about it. So the line now begins to kind of flop around Scott and I and the table. So like you said, Scott, it was like romper room. Like she sat down with the book and, you know, and kids just came and started listening to the story. And that was, you're right, dude. That's one of the best stories. I had forgotten all about that. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I thought that that was awesome. It was like Mick was just holding court and he had everybody in the palm of his hand and he was telling a great story. It was just, it was awesome. And it was completely unplanned and just kind of happened. And it was in this beautiful courtyard at the Marriott. Like, it was amazing. And it was just one of those unplanned moments that happened. It was awesome. Yeah, and it wasn't like the fans were getting upset. They were just all happy to just sit around and listen to Mick tell this story regarding the bag of popcorn. Yeah, crazy. So those are just a couple, especially from that. I don't really have any others off the top of my head that I haven't told. I mean, there's, I still remember the time when Celeste and I were in Dallas and we were in line to get Sami Zayn's autograph and we had stood in line at access. Now I've told the story before when you go to access, it's a crapshoot of who you're going to get an autograph from. Well, we're in line for Sami Zayn. I have his figures. I have a, I have his original basic. I forget which number that was like basic. I think it was so long ago, it was like basic 20-something. It was blue and yellow and white packaging. Yes. Actually, I'm looking right at it right now. But we finally get up to the front, and we're checking the time. We know that two-hour window is starting to come up. We get right to the part where the lady is letting people through. You know, like five people go, you, 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 lines cut. We get right up there, and she goes, okay, I have to cut the line right now. And... Celeste and I are just devastated. I'm like, is there any way? She said, no, I can't let you guys through. You guys have to wait for the next set of people to come up. And luckily, (laughs) there's a guy standing behind Celeste, and she says he didn't cry. I said he cried, but whatever. (laughs) 
He's holding <laughs> allergies. A, I know. He's holding an icy title belt and he goes, he's the one guy I want to meet. And I hear his voice crack and Celeste says she doesn't. He said, she said type stuff, whatever. He starts like, oh my God, this is the one guy I need to meet. Is there any way he's, he's starting to cry? He's like crumpling. He's like begging to the lady. He's starting to fold up in half. <laughs> he's on the floor. He's like an Autobot starting to conform into a car and take off. <laughs> he's like Bailey and Sasha before they lost the tag team titles. Allegedly. Allegedly. Thank you. All of a sudden she looks up. She does. She doesn't make eye contact with anybody. She goes, you three go. And it was Celeste, me and that guy. And she goes, go. And we ran up there and we were able to get the Sami Zayn autograph. Nice. Look at her yeah. being a hero. Yes. This gentleman from another country was able to get us up there because he f- maybe fake cried, maybe didn't cry. Hey, whatever it takes, dude. Whatever yeah. it takes. Yeah. I was like looking at him like, come on, dude, shed the tears. Let's go. That could be the difference between meeting Taz or meeting McFoley. Oh, do you want to take a guess of the next people up after Sami Zayn? Um, well, I'm going to guess it has something to do with Taz. No. Oh, no, no. He would have been... No, he wasn't even there at that point. Yeah, long Okay, so it would have been Mick Foley and who? No, it was not Mick Foley. Oh. So after Sami Zayn in Dallas at WrestleMania... Oh, the Ascension. No. Oh, okay. I give up. Tamina and Naomi. You did good, dude. Uh, No, the dude crying did good. Crying dude did good, dude. The crying dude helped us out a lot. That's awesome. So anyways, that's that's just a little bit of uh, some memorable interactions that we have had before. So anyways, it's always fun to reminisce about those. Thank you, Justin. Yes. And Justin, congratulations on your marriage again. And I promise after episode 750, I will get spayed and neutered. Liar. Thank you again, Justin. And happy holidays to you. Scott, next question comes in from Josh Thompson. Hey, Jeff and Scott, JT here back with that bi-weekly question. I want to ask you guys, has the WWE continuous release been putting you off the wwe product completely to the point where you don't even want to collect figures i hate to do my boys over at mattel dirty like this but i have not been in a very wwe mood as of late yes i know that wwe had a bloated roster but at the same time i don't see any reason why they couldn't keep half the guys they got rid of or as you guys mentioned before have them wrestle for other companies while creative doesn't have anything for them Seeing the news reports that WWE has been releasing people left and right, especially those who were fan favorites, really boils my blood. Chances are some of these guys who WWE has released are going to end up in a company that has an action figure deal in place. TJP is part of MLW, which is getting action figures in early 22, even if I have to bust open some shipping crates to make it happen. AEW already has CM Punk and Daniel Bryan figures in place, and even if their ROH line gets canned, FTC can always reach out to have some of these folks be in their Rising Stars line. But what are your guys' thoughts? Sorry for not so positive question, but I need to get this off my chest. No, the releases haven't soured me on WWE figures. It's actually made encouraged me to get some of these figures because I know these guys are going to be at WrestleCon or they're going to be available for signings. So if a guy's been released, for example, Bronson Reed or Jonah, I know that he may be at a WrestleCon. I'm going to get that figure. I was already thinking about getting the figure because of the Bam Bam attire. Right. As far as I know, that figure's still on the table and still coming out, so that would make me want to get the figure. Agree. Yes. 
So it's actually kind of not soured me on WWE Mattel. Has it soured me on WWE? It's a head scratcher. And Scott and I have talked about this before. And, you know, it's it questions some of the stuff that they're going through. Like right now, it's it doesn't make sense. You were releasing a popular team like Hit Row. It doesn't make sense. You're releasing John Morrison, a great talent. Doesn't make sense. Like Scott said before, you pay creative to come up with storylines for people like this. And you're doing good with Hit Row. And then you cut ties with them. And that just, it baffles me. So going back to your original question, no, not on WWE Mattel figures. Yeah, I agree with you, Jeff. You know that these guys are going to start showing up at WrestleCon and doing independent shows, and you're going to have a chance to get these figures signed. So yeah, you're going to want to grab them when you see them because you can take them and get an autograph on them. And that's also a way of supporting them post-WWE, paying for their signature. I'm all for that. In fact, Bray was just announced for WrestleCon. Oh, I meant to say that. Thank you. Yeah, so good on Bray. He's going to do amazing at WrestleCon. He's going to make a killing. A lot of people will be paying for his signature. I mean, I don't see 60 to 80 being unreasonable for Bray. Might be a little bit higher. It could be higher. And you know what? That's that's still kind of in the ballpark. I'm I'm okay with that. But again, it's it's a way to support these guys after the fact. Buy their figures, go get them signed, definitely support them. I'm with you, Jeff. It's kind of soured me on WWE. Did I watch Survivor Series? Yeah. Did I enjoy it? It was good. Ugh. I wouldn't call it amazing or anything. It was good. I really enjoyed Charlotte and Becky. Great um, match. Yeah, the men's match was good. Uh, the tag match was good. I thought the main event was good. So overall, good show. Yeah. Not outstanding. I thought it was a good show. The women's match was, the five on five was not good at all. I I had some major issues with that. But anyway, aside from that, major issue, what is it? Over 80 wrestlers released this year? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and man, like you said, fan favorites, teams like Hit Row that were just brought up Hadn't even gotten their chance yet to do anything, and boom, they're released. Don't even get me started on Tegan Knox. That one also baffles me, but that's Yeah, story. and she's kind of a sad story with the injuries. You know, she never really got that chance, and that sucks. You know, yeah. and they bring her and Shotzi up. Shotzi gets pushed to the moon. Tegan gets pushed aside, and then she gets cut. So, it's like you said, it's really a head-scratcher on some of these, and it is disheartening, and it does kind of sour you a little bit on WWE. You know, then you got Vince walking around with that stupid ass egg. You know, look at my gold egg; it's worth a hundred million dollars. You know, but Morrison, you can you can go home now. Like I don't. It's just it's discouraging when this st- kind of stuff happens. And anyway, I don't want to bring the podcast down at all, but it does not sour me on the figures because it gives me a chance to support these guys after the fact. So no, not on WWE figures at all. On WWE, that's a different story. Damn, dude. Way to bring the podcast down. Holy crap. I know. Debbie Downer. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I don't look as at their releases as a positive. I look at us being able to support them at WrestleCon, um, at other signings, if they show up at independent shows. That's the way I look at it as a positive. Yeah, for sure. And that rounds out the show. We want everybody to check out WrestlingToyTracker.com. Check out the card of the loose prices of Hasbro's LJN's Galoobs, Just Toys Bendums, Retro's Defining Moments, and I think that's it. But if you are in the hunt for any of those figures, check it out at WrestlingToyTracker.com. I swear my cat knows when I'm wrapping up the show because she comes in. Oh, it starts talking to you? Yeah, she's like, meow, 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 meow. She's like, you know you want to pet this. <laughs> uh, reminds me of my single days. Anyways... 
Uh, also, <laughs> betting yourself. <laughs> many, many of nights. Anyways, <laughs> just, just kidding. <laughs> what? That KY and Queen X combo. <laughs> that was a solid threesome back in the day. <laughs> Anyways, check out our podcasting buddies Breaker and Bane. Obviously, check out Breaker Side Projects. You know it's fake, right? And his show. With Travis TB Toycast, you can also check out doingthefavor.com over there. You can listen to their shows as well as checking out the SKUs and UPCs. So they have two shows each week, one on sports, the other on wrestling and wrestling figures. So head on over to the website. You can listen to the shows over there and check out the SKUs and UPCs at doingthefavor.com. Hold on, I'm checking the iPod, Scott. I need to see if Steve from PPW has updated. I want to see what his last show was. I've listened to him all I know. Uh, their last show was Survivor Series 1992. That's right, I did listen to that. That was Brett and Sean in the main, but that was the one where Perfect subbed in for Warrior because Warrior was an idiot. Ah, yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So it was Perfect and Macho Man against Razor and Flair. Yes. Yes. Got I, it. You know what? Kind of looking back, I kind of liked how they did that turn. You know, Heenan was laughing because Savage was teasing that Mr. Perfect was going to be his tag partner. And Heenan's laughing about it all primetime wrestling. He's like, huh, you're not going over. And then all of a sudden Heenan starts to kind of turn going, wait, you're not going over, right? And then Perfect is kind of like, oh, maybe what if I do? Yeah, I, like the, you don't think I can? The, like, the way they did that, I thought that was really creative. All in a primetime wrestling. Two hours. Yep, that's it. They built that whole thing. Yep. That was awesome. Uh, anyways, check out the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. Also, check out our good friends at, over at the chick Foley Show with Seth, Sheena, and Marco. They have a fun show over there that I enjoy listening to each week. So again, and oh, check out their Facebook group over at the chick Foley Show. Wrestling Cheers, you heard Justin earlier. He has a fun show about AIW Wrestling. Also, check out our buddy RJ over at Ringside Rant. He's getting some big guests over there. Also, Marty and Rucker over at Boots of the Face. Speaking of getting big guests, they have a lot of big guests over there all the time. Tim's pulling up a chair. And Scott, what you got for Drunk Wrestling History? Well, we are taking this week off because of Thanksgiving. Eddie's taking major holidays off because we don't get good numbers those weeks. So he's like, nah, I'm not uploading anything. I'll save the content. But you can follow us on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk. Our latest episode is part two of our WrestleMania four breakdown and review, which is our favorite WrestleMania ever. Jeff, not yours so much, but uh, part two is the most recent episode WrestleMania four. And again, on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk, because we're drunk wrestling history. We're not always accurate, but we're always drunk. Ugh, WrestleMania four. Ugh. You love it. No, I don't. It was horrible. It was bad wrestling. The refs were terrible. You just say that because of the Strike Force match. Well, aside from that, it was botch fest after botch fest. It was like 25 years ago. Come on. No, 35 years ago. My bad. Botchamania should be doing a just a special episode on that. Wow. <laughs> wow. Respect your history, dude. I, I do. And that's why I like WrestleMania 2. 1, 5, 3. <laughs> Six. Six. Pretty much one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. <laughs> All the way up to 30. What are they on right now? 38, 39. <laughs> 38, 39. I don't know. I lost uh, track. Yeah. Once they got rid of numbers, dude. Anyways. Yes. Also, check out our buddies, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. And every single day, Ryan Buds does trivia with Bud Scott Roll Call. 
Yes, going to throw it over to Jason Wolf. He's our artist. He should be yours too. Give him a follow on his social media accounts, The Art of Jason Wolf, and head over to his website, Doyle, that's D-O-Y-L-E, draws.com, where you can check out his artwork, and you can check out his custom Hasbro figures. He may have sent us a sneak peek of some upcoming ones, and wow. Got to stay tuned to his social media. You got to check out his website. Check out the Wolf's Chop Shop. Yes, absolutely. Dude's doing amazing stuff. Again, Jason Wolf, DoyleDraws.com, and Jeff, that rounds out Roll Call. Scott, you are off to Disneyland. Have a good time. Thank you, sir. I will say hi to Mickey for you. Thank you. Uh, Minnie won't be around because she's, uh, that joke's so old, it can vote. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something about Goofy. And, yeah. yeah. No. Anyways, that joke's old. It's a dad joke. It's, t- well, <laughs> it's a dad to another dad joke. You ain't telling your kids that one. <laughs> Anyways, Scott, for episode 306, anything else? Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Big life since 2016 and happy toy hunting. I want to thank everybody for listening to episode 306. Hashtag Fig Life. Adios. Uh, yeah. Fully Let's go. Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring. But we don't take it out the box, MOC. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week. We're the OGs of WFP. Fully poseable, thank you all for listening. It ain't no storyline, real life siblings. So everybody go and do your toy spotting. Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the Kings.